Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Philosopher's Stone podcast. And let me start off with a apology for last episode's audio. Did you listen to it, Sam? I don't think you listen to these episodes, do you? Uh, I did not listen to it, no. Unfortunately, through a, I guess, series of unfortunate events I was unaware of, I accidentally switched my microphone to my webcam microphone. So, last episode, one that I was convinced was the best one we've recorded in a long time, was uh, very hard to listen to, and I'm apologizing for that. I didn't even know webcams had microphones. Yeah. I mean, it's a webcam I bought because I'm using a piece like a regular PC, not a laptop. So I ordered a webcam online for video chats with my family. And (laughs) uh, that's That's cute. Well, they're business chats. Okay. I work for the family business. All right. Ah. Strictly business. But uh, yeah, I don't know why. But it seemed to decide on its own to switch to the uh, webcam uh, microphone. And so you may not have listened to the whole podcast last episode. If you did, that's very impressive to me. Um, What we talked about was the Dark Forest uh, theory, I guess it is. Is it a theory? Hypothesis, I think. Hypothesis. Or proposed solution to the Fermi paradox. I it's guess. a yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a, a, a uh, an idea about why we don't see a ton of alien civilizations floating around the galaxies. Um, Sam, do you want to just give them like a real summarized version of what the dark forest is, so we can move past it and people can forgive me, start forgiving <clears throat> me for the terrible audio from last episode. Got a couple angry texts. From <laughs> okay, and, uh, um, yeah, none sure. of them the, could understand that I was the most angry of all of them. So, yes, well, uh, yeah, the un, uh, the dark forest solution to the Fermi paradox is best summed up by first explaining the Fermi paradox. The Fermi paradox is: if intelligent life is common in the universe, why haven't we observed it yet? And the dark forest solution to the Fermi paradox is intelligent life is common in the universe. However, all intelligent civilizations in the universe are hiding because if you make yourself if you make yourself known, more powerful civilizations will immediately take steps to annihilate you. So everyone's yes. keeping quiet, keeping keeping hidden. The universe is like and, a dark forest, and, and if you leave any signs, the hunters will get you. Yes, I guess the analogy is we're all living in a dark forest and we're a bunch of hunters hunting each other. Um, Now, why? Why do we have to kill each other immediately? And and that is like what I think is the meat of the dark forest is that because of time and space and the speed of light and how you can observe and communicate to other civilizations, it takes a lot of time to send and receive messages or even to understand where someone is technologically. So a civilization you find one year may seem harmless, but then when you look back at it 300 years later, suddenly it's had a technological explosion and it's now more powerful than you. And also cultural shifts can happen. So one society might, or one civilization might be harmless and uh, benevolent one uh, century in the next century they're super dangerous and uh, malevolent the other thing the opposite of benevolent malicious malicious um so it's always the safest and easiest thing to do is when you discover a civilization no matter what stage of technology they're at or what their culture is uh, because they can change so fast they will they're immediately a threat. So the best thing to do is just to wipe out any civilization um, as soon as you discover it, if you want your civilization to remain safe. So yeah, that's sort of like how businesses operate. They, if, as soon as they detect like a competitor startup, they acquire it immediately. Yes. The corporate world is a dark forest. That's very nice. (laughs) Good good job, Sam. Uh Um, (laughs) 
Yeah. So unless you are like 100% certain you are the most powerful civilization by a long shot, the best course of action will always be to either be quiet and not make yourself known. Or if you do stumble across another civilization, if you're the most strong, out of the stronger one out of the two, to immediately kill the other one. Despite whether you are, you care about, you know, despite what your uh, hangups are about whether they're good or not, it's like you just never know what you're going to find when next time you look over there. So you got to kill. That's the Dark Forest Theory. And that wraps up last week's podcast. <laughs> nice. Nice, and this nice is five all, minute recap. Like yeah, that. this is all because I've been reading the Three Body Problem trilogy by how do you pronounce his name? Isn't it? It's a Chinese Shishin Liu. Shishin Liu, and it's I don't know very, how the tones are on that. Yeah, um, and I'm halfway through the third book. The third book is about twice as long as the other books. I've found out because I'm reading it on my Kindle, and I'm like, holy crap! I swear to God, I would have been done the other two books by now. But this one is very, very long. And um, I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it. The crux of the whole story does seem to be the <laughs> second book, though. The crux of the matter. Oh, so the third book? What's the point of the third book? The third book is like, I'm finding like, because I love the first two books so much, I'm, I am finding it very interesting. But it is like a kind of like the main, I just don't want to give too many spoilers. The main uh, conflict seems to have been essentially wrapped up by the end of the second book. Or sorry, okay. not the end of the second book. <clears throat> by like a third of the way through the third book, uh, things appear to So there's to more be, like epilogue stuff? Extended epilogue? This is more kind of like... You know, the writer's like, hey, this story's kind of much, kind of like the main conflict is over, but now what happens? It's, yeah, like, like it's, it is I have like a contract. I need a hundred more pages for yeah. this motherfucker. But <laughs> it all ties in very nicely. And it's definitely, uh, uh, I'm definitely really enjoying it. I'm just over halfway through and uh, it's been just as compelling as the first two books for me. So um, it's called Death's End. So I don't know mm. if there's going to be some sort of, uh, but there's already been a ton of like crazy ideas about like higher dimensions and like um, spoiler alert. Some characters end up in the fourth dimension and they describe what, what that's like physically and what they're visually experiencing. And it's fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you had a plan for this episode, Sam. I just wanted to like update everybody and, uh, reiterate that they should watch or sorry listen or fucking read that trilogy and then listen yeah. to the audiobook and then watch the netflix series that's what i'm saying mm -hmm. yeah no no I, I agree no it's good 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 that we did a recap that might be a good thing to do mm -hmm. at the start of episodes is a quick <clears throat> quick recap of last week's exciting installment yes installments <laughs> um other news i am almost certain i will be putting out my debut comedy album on march 9th i'm getting the website built right now your, as we speak your debut my debut um <laughs> it is a it is my debut album uh, technically oh, although i wouldn't consider it i wouldn't consider it what my regular stand-up is because it's all about my wife's cancer journey in 2022 so I don't typically talk about all that in my regular act. So this is a uh, self-contained story um, that will be available uh, for download on jordanstraussecomedy.com. Uh, it'll be a pay-what-you-want model because I just want people to hear it. I don't really care how much money it makes. But that being said, 20% of all proceeds will be donated to the Terry Fox Foundation. So what do you... What do you say about that? Let's try and raise some money for uh, Terry Fox Foundation and for my wife and I. How about that? How about fucking that? All right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to try. Well, I'm going to like the goal is March 9th be the release date. And then I will probably start relentlessly promoting it. And uh, I might even lose some friends, but uh, it's okay. I'm just going to be annoying on social media for a while. 
Hey, good, good for you. That's what it takes to succeed in this world. You gotta, you gotta be a little annoying on social media. Yes, you gotta irk some people if you want. You to know, controversy sells. It uh, does. <laughs> I uh, just hope that the album is as good as I felt it was when I recorded it. Because you know, when you listen to something over and over again, and you just totally lose the context of what. Like I listened to it, and I was like, I don't even know why people are laughing right now. Like, I don't get it. But when I wrote it and when I was in the room, I understood it. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what the reaction is. It's either going to be negative, positive, or neutral. <laughs> Covered the bases there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm prepared for uh, negative and neutral. I, I honestly don't know what a positive reaction would look like. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. So look out for that. March 9th, jordanstraussecomedy.com. The album is called The Funny Thing About Cancer. Great title. Fantastic title. Fantastic. I'm actually not the first comedian to experience a cancer situation to use that title, but uh, (laughs) that's fine. There was a comedian out of Toronto that had a book called The Funny Thing About Cancer about... I believe it was eight or nine years ago. Fuck, I wish I could remember his name. I don't know if it's still for sale. Um, it was his account of his own cancer journey, and I believe he ended up passing away. So I don't know what ah. the deal is with that book. I need to I need to find his name, I feel like. Hang on a second. I'm sure that people that are in the comedy scene in Toronto uh, or have been for the last decade probably remember this person. So... Let me just give him a shout out. Um, Josh Haddon hmm. had a uh, originally as a blog, and then it, he put, produced uh, uh, published a book. The funny thing about cancer, esophageal cancer, he passed away. Unfortunately, oh, that so, sounds like a rough one. Rest in peace, Josh Haddon, and uh, I hope you don't mind. I'm stealing your title for my cancer album. So there you go. Uh, what are we talking about this week, Sam? 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 Well, oh man. Well, uh, I have to admit, not my not not the best, most prepared I've ever been for an episode. Yes. Not the least prepared. Uh, yeah, but we're going to be talking about the sale of human organs. Whoa. <laughs> Pro or con? Let's find out. Pro or con? Okay. You know, I mean, I'm going to have to ask a lot of questions to come to my decision, but I'm going to let you take it away from here. What and uh, how, like, why did you end up on this subject? What happened to you? Did you, what did you do? Did you find a human organ and, and you were able to sell it for on fake street marketplace for a little bit? A little chunk of change? No. Well, I was just, uh, I was, I went on the Stanford Encycl- Encyclopedia of Philosophy website <clears throat> and I mm. searched I did a little search for tourism because I had just gone to Mexico uh, for the last week for a wedding. Okay. Do you want to tell us about that or are you going to keep that in private? You don't want to be, yeah, you're going to keep that private. You're a private life guy. You got the private life. <laughs> you're that guy I heard about with a fucking private life that you want to keep private? I'm not super private. I'm not as private as uh, who's pri- Kevin Spacey was notoriously a very, very private person. Well, I think we all know why. <laughs> Is he um, private or is he hiding something? I think those are two different things. Well, he was like married and stuff, I think. I think he had a wife. And uh, then it turned out he was gay. So he didn't like know the if I believe he's gay. I think that was his go-to. Uh, people can't get mad at me if I'm gay. So they, he, they, he went to, I'm gay. But all the guys he uh, allegedly assaulted were men. Yeah, it's called keeping up a good story. He knew that That he was going to have to come out as gay one day. And so he needed to make it, uh, you know, a a valid story. So he had to force himself to have sex (laughs) with a couple of men so that it checked out. Because otherwise people would be like, you're not gay. And then he'll be like, oh, yeah. Check out what this guy's saying. (laughs) So not the best plan, admittedly. But some people don't have any plans. So, yeah. Well, uh, anyway, got to follow his his court battles. They're probably coming up. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, just uh, just a little vac- vacation. Went to one of those all inclusive resorts. Um, very fun time. Very hedonistic. Hedonistic. So I was thinking maybe I'll 
Yeah, it was a little, I mean, it's a little hedonistic, right? Like, you're just there. You can eat as much as you want. You can drink as much as you want. Oh, all-inclusive. I've never been to one, but yeah. I mean, does, does it just completely devolve into a, a drug-fueled orgy by, by midnight every night or what? Um, maybe. I mean, I'm, I was, I'm in a relationship, so there are no, no drug field orgies occurred. Well, um, you can't go as a spectator. There's not a spectator <laughs> bench. <laughs> it's in an, yeah, maybe they had seats. I don't know. I would totally go watch an orgy if there was like a, if it was like an airtight room, like a one way mirror and uh, I didn't have to <laughs> smell what was going on. There. I yeah, mean, that's people watching at its best, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I, I imagine it would be pretty cool. You might, you oh, might, there, oh, there's an idea for a sure. podcast or a show, a web series, maybe just a couple. You get a couple of comedians, <laughs> hidden to, camera to, orgies, just, <laughs> just to watch an orgy and commentate on it, like they're sportscasters. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, that's that's yeah. You you should pitch that to Brazzers or something. Oh, yeah. Might have a show. <laughs> Uh, maybe once my parents die, or <laughs> I'll start branching out into the porn and Brazzers presents Jordan Strauss's Orgy League. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about that? It was an X hamster. X hamster is a porn site. I don't know how popular it is, but I remember it was X hamster, a- not as in dead hamster, but the letter X. Uh, uh, he's now a gerbil. He's X hamster. Um, <laughs> no, uh, X hamster. Um, it's uh, they had a reality TV show produced by X Hamster. Uh, I don't know if it was called uh, America's Next Great Porn Star or some shit like that, but it was it copied the format of uh, these other reality TV shows where there's like hosts that are judges and there's competitions. They all live in a house and they all have to do challenges that will like get them an advantage in the next round, and then they vote people out and whatnot. Um, so to be like, oh dude, it was so funny. It was some of the most pure unintentional comedy I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Cause they do all those, those interviews where it's like, I'm Kyle, I'm 25. I'm from Palm beach and I fuck everything that moves. Right. And (laughs) I just remember, remember, I'm like the first challenges. It's literally the challenges that just have sex on camera and take direction. And, uh, almost to a, to a man, none of the dudes could perform in front of a camera or with other people watching. And they all just got so deflated. And then the judges who are like famous porn stars are just yelling at them. Come now. You need to come <laughs> now. And they're like literally crying. Like these guys are crying. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So brutal. I'm almost done with this story. I didn't watch the whole thing. I should have, but I didn't. But I remember there was one guy so after the challenges are over for the day, they all go back to a house where they all live together. And, they, you know, it's the reality TV shit, right? It's the formula that we all know. But there was one guy who, who even when everybody was just sitting around having dinner, just was constantly jerking off in the corner. <laughs> looking at everybody. And the, everybody hated him and kept on asking him to stop. And he wouldn't. Wow. But he had a the biggest dick anyone had ever seen. So the house, the the uh the uh the the competitors, they end up voting this guy out, right? There's a vote where they can vote someone out of the house and they vote this guy out just because he won't stop fucking jerking off, right? <laughs> and then the judges find out that they voted him off. And then the next challenge, the judges are like, his dick is just too big to vote off. And they bring him <laughs> back in. And he moves back in the house against the will of the rest of the competitors. Simply because he had this huge dick and he immediately gets naked and starts jerking off again. Big dick privilege, baby. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I Maybe I dreamt this. But I think... It sounds like good. a dream. It yeah. sounds like a wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to watch like an MTV real world style uh, reality TV show about becoming a porn star, it's on X Hamster. And I'm telling you, it is fucking comedy gold. Wow. Okay. We'll definitely have to do some. We'll, we'll, we'll find a way to do an episode about that, <laughs> about the porn industry. That's I will do. take on the heat and I will watch the entire season. There's got to <laughs> be a season two by now. This was years and years ago. Um. I can't imagine, but the thing is, is like, 
no one watches something like that after like once they're done doing their bit like no one's just gonna sit there and watch i mean actually i probably would it's so funny um but the concept itself is just so fucking bananas <sighs> peak capitalism in america that's what i call it anyways hey, go ahead yeah. we're talking about organs here okay yeah so uh organ sales uh let's start like so we're just going to basically go through the article on the on the Plato Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy website written by let's give some credit to the person who did all the hard work this entry was written by Stephen Wilkinson i think from the University of Lancaster in the United Kingdom so credit to Professor Wilkinson. Shout out Lancaster. Uh, still buzzing uh, off of that upset when they won the uh, Premier League. Still, I'm still vibing off of that win. Was that who it was? That was Lester. But Fuck. yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> all the same, really. Yeah, it's all spelled the same. You just pronounce yeah. it different ways. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So he starts off with different kinds of organ sale systems because I guess you, there's obviously different systems you could have. Um, and I think like there's like a range of systems where you could have a totally free market where literally anything goes, but that doesn't sound very good. Like for organ sales, free market. Yeah. So like, I think the most commonly sold trans, the most commonly transplanted organ are kidneys. And so therefore those are the most commonly sold organs. So if you had like, uh, if you had, say there's like, I think right now it's basically illegal. It would be illegal for me to sell you my kidney. See that bullshit. I mean, that is bullshit. Is there anything right. that's more your own property than your own organs? I mean, right. It's your body, right? Yeah. Like that, it seems like if you want to sell part of it, you should be allowed to. Yeah. Bodily autonomy. And indeed that is the first argument for selling, uh, the case for organ sale is arguments based on the quote principle of respect for autonomy or self ownership. Yeah. I mean, the problem yeah. is probably that you get people trying to fucking do the surgery themselves to make a quick buck. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's where government regulation would have to come in to prevent amateurs yeah. killing themselves. Um, but if I was so like, hey, I really need some money. I never really ever use my left foot. <laughs> can I book an appointment to have it removed, frozen, sold? What's wrong with that? And who's going to want your foot, though? That's the thing. You might not find a buyer. I'm going to find a buyer, dude. <laughs> dude <laughs> I'm going to find a buyer. There's a I buyer. Just, for I just feet. don't want the prosthetic I need to buy after to cost more than the organ, what I got for the foot. You know, there's always that. You got you to gotta make a profit here. Yeah. There's, yeah. <laughs> you got to make my money back. <laughs> some money and then some. I lost an arm and a leg on this transaction. I got to. <laughs> Do you have any idea what this cost me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's. Uh, so here's a quote. I'll sum up. Here's a quote uh, of the argument. Um, the basic claim common to all of these principle of autonomy arguments is quote, autonomous and competent adults have a strong right to do as they please with their own bodies, especially where this is not harmful to third parties. Therefore, at least in the absence of strong reasons to do otherwise, people should be allowed to sell parts of their bodies if they so wish. I kind of find that argue, hard to argue against. I mean... <laughs> I understand that the implications, the societal implications are probably not great. Mm. But with enough regulation, I feel like once, like, uh, once society gets to a point where, uh, you know, the robotic prosthetics are far better than your actual limbs, these mm -hmm. rules are going to change real quick. Because so, now you're. Oh, you're, yeah. Now I want to remove my arm and get a better arm. Everybody, like, look, look at what that guy's doing with his fucking robo arm. I want to do that. And then they're like, well, you, like, you're not allowed to take your own arm off. It's like, why not? I'm going to put a better one on right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if they like, if they can make replacement body parts that are better than the original body parts, definitely rich people are going to immediately like replace lots of, of their bodies. Yeah, with like the more powerful, better parts. Yeah, it's weird you because you can parts. donate your blood. Yes. Yeah, you can donate blood. Yeah. But can yeah. You okay. Sell so your so blood? there's a good question. But but can you sell blood? I don't know. You can sell plasma. I think. Yes, you can sell plasma. Yeah. So there's a lot People of weird lines drawn plasma. here. Um, so let's see. Uh, one of the yeah. So one of the first objections to that, just like, but and, okay. So before we get to objections, maybe we can look at some more arguments in favor for it. So we've done the, we mentioned the autonomy one. Uh, the second one is saving lives, and I quote: permitting or encouraging organ sale will save lives by at least partially alleviating the shortage of transplant organs. The savings of lives is a good end, and organ sale is then defensible as a means of achieving that positive end. End mm-hmm. quote. So what's the holdup here? Why aren't we fucking... Well, yeah, that's a good question. Um, he's got some stats here. So uh, so this is in the, U- in the United States. Mm-hmm. There are approximately 123,000 patients on the waiting list. And in China, there are 300,000 patients waiting for an organ transplant. And the average wait time in 2014 was for a kidney was three and a half years. Yeah. And like stuff like kidneys versus people can survive without one. And they could potentially save someone else's life. Like wouldn't that, that seems like it should. I mean, that's what that people do do that though. Right. That's allowed. That's not illegal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's I, a, it's a powerful, it's a powerful reason. Saving lives is always a powerful, powerful reason to allow something. I think it's another one of those things where it's not legal to sell. You can't be like, you can have my kidney for a million dollars. Although I'm sure that type of thing does happen. Oh yeah. Like I'm sure this is going on, but like, for example, suppose they, they made like some way where you could legally sell a kidney. Um, like currently I think the main way People do it is by donation, but people would be way more motivated to give their kidneys away if they could get paid a handsome sum for it. Yes. And that, yeah, that might even be a reason why they shouldn't allow it because, but anyway, we will, we can get into objections. I mean, I would, I would imagine you'd have to have like pretty solid regulation, right? You don't want the guy that's living down on the, uh, that's living in the streets addicted to drugs you know, getting his kidney taken out and selling it for more drugs. It's like, you got to make sure you're not getting a crackhead's kidney, right? <laughs> it's got to have quality. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then look, the third one is, excuse me, called, excuse me, called consistency. And I think this is similar to the thing you raised with like donating blood. Um, like there's no fundamental difference between or the argument is that there's no fundamental difference between selling your organs and other quote, widely accepted practices. For example, people get paid to do dangerous work. They sell their labor. Um, The examples are coal mining, deep sea diving, firefighting, military service, you know, dangerous jobs that you are, you put your life on the line, you sell, you sort of sell your, the risk of your own life in exchange for pay. Yeah. What's the I mean, difference stuff between like, doing that? Like and coal mining and any, any sort of labor job like that, you're definitely going to be wearing out your organs or your limbs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you're a coal miner, you definitely uh, put some miles on your lungs. That's for sure. Man, you might be the end of one. Why are we still sending humans into mines? Um, Cheaper. Cheap. I guess. Cheaper than robots, I think, still. Life is cheap in a lot of the areas of the world. Yeah, there's a lot of people on this planet. A lot of bodies to throw down the mine shaft. Yep. <laughs> um Okay, yeah, so that's that's another interesting argument. Like, hey, why not uh why not let, let someone sell their kidney? We already let people take huge risks for money. What's the big deal? What's the big difference? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. what are the objections? Like, obviously, 
the, yeah, uh, the so idea... obviously the first so, sorry go ahead well like obviously if you didn't have very many regulations it would turn into a, a horror horror movie shit show real quick <laughs> um right you'd be getting your uncle oh, to God. like take out your spleen because you, <laughs> you guys need money to go to fucking mexico or some shit right you have that <laughs> happening um oh my god <laughs> i think it needs to be like you need it need it would need to be very like your sound mind your uh not here's the thing is that are you making a huge i mean it's your choice right if you really need the money right uh and you like fucking don't give a shit about being as functional as possible in your with your body it just seems like there's a problem of people because lots of people come across financial hard times. Everybody does, essentially. Not everybody, mm-hmm. but, you know, a bulk of people do are going to come across. And like some people, you know, in a moment of desperation, they might fucking fill out the form uh, thinking they don't need their depth perception. They take the bus every day. Right. You can take my left eye. Uh, and then they severely regret it like a year later, right? You know, that type of thing would be happening all the time. Yeah. um, That's a good point. I think that's kind of uh, addressed. They have an argument here. Um, It's like a three-step argument, and it's similar to what you're saying, where financial incentives encourage people to do things they would not otherwise do. Financial incentives encourage people to do things that are likely to be harmful to them and which go against their better judgment. See, financial incentives can make people's actions, consents, and decisions less autonomous or less voluntary. Yeah. There is also opens up the door for outside uh, influence on someone to sell a part of their body when they don't want to, but say their significant other really wants a new fucking... Lexus or, uh, you know, people manipulate other people out for their money all the time, but, uh, manipulating someone to sell their organs for money. That's kind of next level. Yeah, exactly. You don't I want just imagine, like, to I'm be- just imagining some gold digger <laughs> walking into her husband's bedroom and he's like missing two, both his legs, his arms and eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> it's all because she did a tit job. Now there's something. You're selling your organs to get your wife new tits. That's there's something there, you know. That's a short story. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a short story in there. Yeah, a for man, sale. tits never worn. <laughs> it'll be a man who's just a brain in a jar, but his wife has <laughs> has the latest version of every single attribute that a woman might want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's an interesting reason not to do it. Uh, The potential for exploitation, people going to desperation. Yeah. Um, There's another one. Uh, This is like the first one that they, that they list, which is just that it's extremely dangerous to, uh, for the donor, for the person to, like cut out your own kidney and sell it. It's very risky. It's got to be done safely, like with good surgery so that you don't die. And it's gonna, it would end up being expensive, I think, to do it safely. Yeah, because now you're thinking about all the medical bills involved with recovery uh, or any complications that arise, right? Next thing you know, you're breaking even on this deal. Now you feel like mm-hmm. now you're buying a gun. Now you're out there buying a gun. Or some rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, there are a couple counterpoints to that, which is uh, the first is that in fact kidney, uh, kidney operations, kidney transplants aren't actually very dangerous, provided it's performed in sterile conditions. And the second counterpoint is actually that, like, look if. Like this is happening anyway. People are selling their organs anyway. It's risky and dangerous. So making it illegal actually makes it uh, more dangerous for the people who are doing it. So we should make it legal and then we can make it safer So because it's already going on. 
which is the same argument for legalizing prostitution yeah or sex yeah. work or whatever you want to call yeah. it um yeah. and i agree that it should be uh legal just like with drugs you need to legalize thank god they did they need to legalize a certain amount of it i feel like uh <laughs> it, not that oh, it's going to uh, help yeah i don't know of if prostitution you mean well, no, yeah, they need to. I think it's pretty much legal in Canada, isn't it? Decriminalized for sure. I don't think it's legal. You just you don't want people to be afraid to go to the authorities uh, for being mistreated, right? And that goes for yeah. drug addicts too. Yeah, legalizing might make not make less drug addicts, but it'll make less drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll undercut the black market. Fentanyl chalked Hopefully. up everything, right? If you just legalize heroin and you not, you know, I wouldn't want it to be like a weed store where you can, anyone can just walk in and get a gram <laughs> of fucking whatever. But like, if you go see a doctor and get a prescription for cocaine, uh, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be medicinal. You just say you go to a doctor, they check you out. They say, all right, I feel like you could handle an eight ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how it would work. I mean, I don't think legalizing drugs is going to make less people addicted to drugs. I don't think that at all. But I do think it'll make it safer for people that are addicted to drugs. And for society in general, because you won't have as much gang activity, I would guess. Organized crime. Mm -hmm. Yes. I just want to reiterate that when I'm on this podcast, I have not really thought about these things before. And I just am saying what's coming to my head. Uh, in the moment, I might think about this topic tomorrow and have a completely different opinion. So, just a little disclaimer there. We we note that and uh, we thank you. Yeah, for making that clear. Please send your angry emails to our email though, Jordan J G Strauss at Gmail, so we have something to talk about. Uh, so we can just a little bit of. Uh, back Whoa. and forth with the listeners just goes along. You're going to get doxxed, man. Giving out your personal email to Dude. the interwebs. Rest I in peace, your inbox. I would love to get doxxed. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I know someone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome to get doxxed. Um, the day the, the uh, SWAT bursts through my door uh, is the day I know I've made it as a podcaster. Yes. That's the mark. That's the badge of honor. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so it looks like maybe the idea that like it's dangerous, like maybe that's not really a very, actually a very successful objection to it because as a society, we've legalized tons of dangerous things. People are allowed to be paid money to do dangerous things that injure themselves. Uh, we have lots of, lots of people do this, you know, combat sports, sports in general, dangerous jobs. We let this happen, so just because of the fact that it's harmful doesn't really seem to be a successful objection against permitting organ sale. Um, so let's look at the next argument. This is, and this is a much different argument. And this is the argument that if you allow organ sale, it will lessen the amount of altruism in the world. So what is altruism? Altruism is, you know, be giving to others to help them mm. acting out of a, and the, the quote here is quote, acting out of a concern for the well-being of others end quote. So I mean, there's an argument. I can give you the argument. Yeah. So, can I guess? Yeah, so, Are they saying yeah, that yeah, if okay, you sure. find out you can get money for something, you're less uh, likely to give it away for free. Is it that, is that what it is? That would be the first part of it, yeah. Um, so, like here, yeah. So here's the whole argument. Basically, yeah. If you can, if you can sell something, then you're less then you're less likely to give it away for free. And altruism, the first premise is that altruism is a good thing, either intrinsically or because of its positive effects or both. The second premise is permitting and or practicing organ sale would lessen the amount of altruism in the world for the reason that you said because. Instead of acting out of a concern for the well-being of others, people would act out of a desire for profit. So yes, but at the, the end of the day, is, there's more organs available for people to use. 
So it, it's a net positive, wouldn't you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. Basically, what you're saying is like, yes, we would lose the altruism, but we would gain more lives being saved. I guess. I guess it depends on who needs the organ and do they have money to pay for organs or is this some sort of uh, you can sell it to the government or some shit, right? Because now you're going uh, to be cheating people that can't afford an organ out of organs. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, why would I give my organ to this guy when this guy's willing to pay me 15 grand for it, right? Yeah, that's an even, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um so you're saying even though uh, even though there's more organs available, they might go to the wrong people just because of the money. They would go there's to more. yeah, it would be richest to poorest in line, right? Uh, yeah, not based on on someone's need. No, yeah, not based on like priority of like this person needs it quicker. It's gonna be like fuck yeah. him. I got fifteen grand and he doesn't. So sayonara. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um. That's yes, that, that's an interesting thing. Like on the one hand, more organs, but on the other hand, is a world with less do you want to live in a world with less concern for well-being even if more lives are being saved? Like Yeah, exactly. It's like do you want uh like think of a, the Canadian healthcare system. If I went to the emergency room and uh I was bleeding out and another guy came in and he had a you know, he needed a freaking he was constipated. And they had one person available to look at us. And one person was like, oh, this guy's bleeding out. I should probably address him first. But he's like, I need to shit. I have to get to my daughter's piano recital. And I can't show up all bunged up. I need (laughs) you to get me a a serious suppository ASAP. And they're like, but this guy's bleeding out. And he's like, I'll give you (laughs) $500,000. So I could shit and make it to my daughter's recital. That's I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, well, like the best care uh, shouldn't just go to the highest bidder. That's what I'm saying. Okay, f- yeah, fair. Um, now, so here's the the counter argument to that, um, and you can tell me if you think this is convincing or not. This is a, a quote from someone named Arrow. They don't give the first name. I don't understand. Their name's Arrow. Last name's Arrow. And (laughs) they say, so you can tell me if this is on the mark or not. Did Uh, I tell you, I I hung out with a homeless guy in White Rock uh, a couple weekends ago, and he said his name was Shadow. Interesting. He was not Native American. (laughs) It's just some white guy named Shadow. All right. Anyways, continue. All right. So uh, here's the quote from Arrow. If to a voluntary blood donor system we add the possibility of selling blood, we have only expanded the individual's range of alternatives. If they derive satisfaction from giving, they could still give, and nothing has been done to impair that right. So basically the argument is like, look, all the people who want to give it for free are already giving it away for free, and they like giving it away from free. And they'll keep giving it away for free because they like to be altruistic. But now we've allowed people who don't care about giving it away for free to sell it. And that's just expanded the uh, what people can do. I The thing is, is that you know how humans work and two people <laughs> show up. One guy is giving a liter of blood. The other guy is living a, giving a liter of blood. And the other guy, as they're both leaving in the hallway in the lobby... The other guy noticed the other guy leaving with uh, a nice check in his pocket. Uh, over the next few months, Mister Altruism might 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 think twice about giving it away for free the next time he walks in there. Right? Not everybody is like a saint. <laughs> it's true. There are some sinners among us. Yes. And in his mind, he's like, "Look, someone's getting the blood anyways, but now I'm getting a little kickback, so it's a win-win, right?" Yeah, um, I think the, could be, the problem arises more on the buyer's side, you know? What do you mean, expand? I I feel like the purchasing of organs is more of a problem than the selling of organs. Um, 
because okay why do you think that well the same about what i was talking about before is that now you're going to get uh the best quality organs or the priority or uh, goes to the highest bidder right and then you get to pick through the fucking uh the uh the, uh, the bargain bin of kidneys at the end of the day, you know? Whereas other people are getting the top tier shit that they lock behind the glass. Mm-hmm. When it should just be like, you know, first come, first serve or priority based on how rough your your body's doing and how badly you need the organ. Because yeah, I do think yeah. the ability to sell is only going to increase the amount of available organs on the market. Um, but the ability to buy... Because now that now when people are selling, before when you're just donating, there's no purchasing required, right? It's an act of kindness, right? Whereas mm-hmm. now people are all selling, so now everybody has to buy. And uh, the amount of organs that can be just straight across given to people is going to drop. So there might be a lot more, more organs available to be put in bodies, but the amount of organs available that are free are, is going to shrink. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Th- this sounds a lot, very similar to the arguments like against having like a hybrid, uh, hybrid healthcare system. Like they're trying to put in right now in Ontario where you have the, like the universal healthcare system, which is across all across Canada where you just pay for it with taxes. Yeah. But they also want to put in a hybrid system where you can pay directly to like cut the line. And these are See, the exact worries that, um, these are the exact arguments that are raised against that is if you put the private thing in, the private thing will suck all the good resources away from the public option. Right. So now you're getting the best yeah. doctors, best uh, medical supplies, best medicines, best everything is going to the top bidder. Yeah. You know, you know what's interesting? This entire article on this uh Stanford website is very pro organ selling. Well, I was until now. But they don't raise this <laughs> objection that you're talking about. <laughs> they don't they don't bring this one up. This is not mentioned. Ah. They go through everything else except for this one, I think. Well, they never ran into me in these in these philosophy streets. <laughs> no, I, th- I think to- that they're uh I think they're bought and paid for by some sort of private healthcare. That's the thing. Can lobbyist. we just keep the uh, the 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 variable of wealth out of one fucking thing? You know, like can we just have <laughs> point, eh? like just can we just do things fairly for people uh, based on how bad people need it and because wealth is like unless every single person that's walking around out there really did start on equal footing mm-hmm. life's unfair financially oh so yeah. yeah and it's it would still be unfair even if everybody did because now you are depending on where you are in the world who you meet and luck and everything comes into it so if I think if there's one thing that maybe we need to keep the variable of wealth out of is uh, healthcare, yeah. healthcare. And hey, if you really do have that type of money, you can go get your 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 uh, treatments or whatever somewhere else, like America, where the dollar is king. But shouldn't this system be illegal? Shouldn't this not be allowed in America either? I feel like everything's allowed in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like <laughs> but like if it's wrong if it's wrong to uh to have the variable of wealth in organ sales, then you can't say like, oh, you can go somewhere else and do it because it's still Well, I'm just saying in this in this argument I'm really only caring about my own country, right? Oh, okay. It, got it's it. gonna fuck it up for people in the States, but I mean, the U.S. is really does not. They really do just value whoever's got the most money. It really does have all the everything, right? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Canada is trying is at least trying to not be fall down that trap of like just money is king, no matter what the situation. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's a great point. Because um, uh, I and mean, you could look my, on my the personal experience with healthcare in Canada. I mean, if if my wife and I were U.S. citizens, if we lived in the states, we would be digging ourselves out of debt for the rest of our lives due to a, <laughs> be cooking a, meth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We would be literally breaking bad to pay off uh, the debt we accrued from my wife's cancer treatment, which was not cheap. Uh, when you consider the hospital stays, the the chemo drugs themselves, the surgery, the hardware that's in her, I don't even know how much that's worth, but I'm sure it's thousands and thousands of dollars worth of highly specialized uh, titanium prosthetics in her now. And we didn't have to pay a dime. You know what my biggest cost was for the whole thing was, well, taking time off work, but um, outside of that was parking. <laughs> <laughs> So that's I have never someone who I really never had to lean on the Canadian healthcare system until last year, but then we had to lean on it big time and it came through for us and uh, it was quick and it was top tier. Mm-hmm. And everyone gets got, the same care. Yes. And we were, and we're not in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt afterwards. So you can say what you can argue what you want for uh, not having national health care but uh, as someone that had to uh, that reap the benefits in a big way I, I just can't imagine having to add that level of financial stress on top of the stress of that whole scenario anyways so and that's the reality for a lot of america for most americans yeah yep it's uh it's tough it's a tough thing and uh, i hope they don't introduce the hybrid system in Ontario because that might be that might be bad for all the reasons that uh, we've talked about Um, yeah because the best doctors are probably going to want to go to the private well exactly yeah so now you're getting all these fucking first year doctors out there uh, accidentally cutting the wrong wire (laughs) so to speak (laughs) in someone's chest (laughs) oh god (laughs) yeah um so, okay, so I would maybe, I could argue, you could argue that, like, on the flip side of that, like, yes, there will be, like, lots of wealthy people um, buying organs, but now there's a way for people to make extra money. What's wrong with that? I guess, that? What, uh, sorry, just, I'm just, I was just thinking, there's also the other argument about alleviating the stress on the public healthcare system by people switching to private, right? Because then Mm -hmm. that is the one thing is that there's a shit ton of wait times for a lot of people waiting for surgery. Yeah. Um, That, and it must be frustrating if you're super wealthy when you're like, why don't I just pay top dollar and go get this done now instead of, and then I will be taken out of the line, which means someone else gets moved up the line, right? There's also a little bit of an argument there, but I don't think that's worth it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I think, uh, I, I mean, you can think of other, you, you can think of lots of ways the system could get out of control too, like like having a, a human farm where you have like a bunch of people like that you've basically imprisoned under contracts to sell their organs and like you just harvest organs from them and stuff. But like all, all of those things are, are can actually become arguments for why it should be legalized you know, to prevent like the really horrible conditions from happening through more regulation, but the it would have is, to be extremely regulated. Like you'd have to set prices and things would have to be set. At, um, at least in North America, I don't think uh, imprisoning humans to harvest their organs is the, uh, is, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze on that as far well, no, as. Well, no, no, but think about it, right? Like, like think about iPhones or like sneakers, right? They're sold in North America, but they're produced in countries like Bangladesh, Vietnam. Right, like, right, right, right. So, so you're talking about foreign organs in where your organs in, and they're they're you're in a sweat, sweat a spleen sweatshop where spleen shop. Yep. A spleen <laughs> shop. <laughs> I mean I'm I think that type of shit's going on right now in China with the Uyghurs. I've heard that that is happening. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, that yeah. they're literally so, t- selling. There's a genocide a concentration camp, but they're taking their organs and selling them on the black market, which is fucking yeah. so dark. Yeah. So, so dark. So if, if you wanted to, I mean, they obviously don't care about that because they're a totalitarian state and 
um, people don't have any rights. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just like watched if, some footage on Reddit from Tiananmen Square. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. When it was actually happening. I'd never only seen like a couple of photographs, but this was like straight up footage from BBC when it was happening. And it's just like straight up the army just mowing down protesters of their own country. Bizarre to watch. Yeah, they uh they just ran people over with tanks. Just absolutely insane. Peaceful protesters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, China's a motherfucker. China is a <laughs> motherfucker. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't read the three-body problem because it was written by a Chinese man. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Is that what you thought I was saying? No, the Chinese government is evil, but the, okay. the people are great. People are wonderful, I'm sure. Some of them. Some uh, of them are probably assholes, but you know that's true everywhere. Yeah, that is true. Uh, do they still have their one-child policy going on there? No, they actually they'd... have the opposite problem. Their population is declining. Oh. Yeah. Because wasn't there also a kind of a problem over. where people were getting rid of their girl babies because they wanted a son and they were only allowed one kid? Oh, uh, totally. Yes. That's, that That's is a dark huge too. problem. That is That's so a huge dark. problem, not just in China, but in lots of countries. Asia, yeah, and then it's like, and India now. Now you're getting to the point where your population is like eighty percent male. Like that doesn't help either. Is that what happened in China? Is that I think it's a bigger problem actually in India. Um, I think India had like an even worse uh, ratio of males to to females for every. 1,000 men, India has... Oh, actually, no, never mind. But yeah, they have this similar problems. And that probably contributes to the rape culture that goes on over there, right? Possibly. I think it's also... I think it's like, oh, like... I think there's other reasons for that. There's only... Like lack of resources. I'm sure there's a ton of reasons, but there's also like, oh, I've only seen like three women this year. I'm not going to let the next one I see go by without copping a feel. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's probably how they think. Well, I'm sure that some people do feel like that. I, I just, yeah. I'm just, let's just say I'm glad I was born where I was born when I was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot <laughs> worse. Um, so could have been better too. Like I could have been, could have been born into like a wealthy family in Monaco or something. That would have been well. Nice. You don't want to go down that road. Just be glad <laughs> you're not living in the caste system in fucking the slums of Mumbai. Okay. Oh, but, okay. Here it is. Holy shit! Um, there are 35 million fewer women than men in India. In 2001. And what's their total population? It's like a couple, it's like Today, a billion. 1.4 yeah. billion, I think. Uh, well, uh, anyways, yeah, 1. I'm, I'm sure billion. India is a lovely place to visit. I'm just glad I would, I'm not living there. Um, Mumbai, I've heard from, uh, I've heard go. from women that have traveled there that it can get pretty sketchy in some no, cities. You do not tra- Go there alone as a woman. No way. No, no, no. Anyways, uh, that's our PSA. Uh, (laughs) I am about to take my woman to go see the new Puss in Boots movie in theaters. Because apparently it's pretty funny. Uh, What's his catchphrase? I'm a Uh, Meow, meow. (laughs) I'm a Meow, meow. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I'll I'll report back next time. I forget. I haven't seen a Shrek movie in forever. But uh, that's where I'm Oh, shit. It's Shrek. Yeah. I mean, it's not. This is my it, my swamp. <laughs> I don't think Shrek's in this one. I think this what? is strictly puss. Strictly no cameo puss. from Shrek. Come on. I don't know. A cameo might happen. I don't know. I don't know. I'll report back next time. Um. Anything else? That's the episode for this week. Uh. Hopefully, the audio is up to par. Uh. You know. You know what? I don't get. I get. I don't get texts about how good the audio is when it's good. I only get texts about how bad it is when it's bad. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Yes, you only hear about the, the negatives. That's how people are. They they concentrate on the negative in life. 
All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week. All right. See you.